gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Mouth, because this is facing off a podcast where we ordinarily will talk about two movies <laughs> wow, or a TV dude. show. Wow, dude! It was a GI Jane was joke. GI Jane joke. Did I, I, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me? <laughs> um, but yeah, we ordinarily talk about two movies or we talk about a TV show, but we just have to talk about the Oscars. We couldn't help and ourselves. All the what the fuck <laughs> moments that happened. Um, it was. Probably the most unforgettable Oscars show with the most forgettable wins in my mind, True which that. is uh, some so hot funny. takes with that. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm Gabe, and join with me are Nick and Layla. Uh, Nick, who uh, watched through the broadcast and giggled a bunch and just watched it for pure entertainment. <laughs> Layla, my uh, partner in, in obsessing over the Oscars and all the shitty snubs and everything that happens every year. Layla, <laughs> has there ever, I mean, even taken out, like, I mean, yeah, taking the slap into consideration, has there ever been a crazier Oscar? No. Like, a more messy <laughs> no. show as a whole. I mean, I, I think... I didn't. I think we all did not assume there was a possibility that we could ever top the Moonlight scandal. Like, I just don't think yeah. that anyone thought that could be topped. Like, the the reaction screenshots of people's faces when that happened was just like timeless. We just were like, "This is it. This is the big shitty Oscar yeah, I moment." It today it's so um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I don't. I think I'm. I'm still in like a perpetual shock. Honestly, like I still feel like. I can't even fully fathom that that happened and that it's real. Um, although, there are still many who think it's not real. <laughs> although I was so. about to say all last night, Gabe was like, this is not real. And I was like, dude, I think it is. I was in shock. I just like couldn't believe that that could ever happen. Like, especially with someone who is about to win an award. Let's get, let's get into that in a little bit. I, I kind of want to hear Nick. Do, what's <laughs> so funny, Nick? What is your like relation to the Oscars? Do you watch it every year? No, or? it's like no, um, it's like once every three years, every other year, something like that. I didn't like, I didn't watch last year, but I think I watched the year before that. Okay. Why did you choose you to watch in... this year? I'm curious. Like, why? Yeah, why of all I years? don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I only, I feel like you only saw like half of the candidates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just on. I don't know. Okay. We were like making dinner and stuff. It was like a whole well, thing. You got yeah. a good one. Did some gardening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all lost as like society for watching oh, yeah. that for just so many reasons. But like, we bro- he broke society. Yeah, but Layla. So <laughs> you and I became like we went to high school together, but we came a lot closer afterwards every year talking about the Oscars and the snubs and like what would happen. And we would like text and message during the show. So like talk about what the Oscars mean to you and like how you're feeling about it right now. We could like talk about what the Oscars mean afterwards, but like what have they meant to you before? Yeah. I mean, I, 
you know, grow. I think they have like a very nostalgic connotation to me. Like growing up, they were so important to me. Like I loved movies so much and I'm such a pop culture geek. Like I love pop culture in general. So like the whole idea of this big night with like every star and all of my favorite movies growing up, especially truly was like, people knew this about me. Like Oscars night was like my favorite fucking night of the year. Um, As I got older, it's like our Super Bowl. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As I got older, that very much shifted and changed. And I think a lot of that, you know, Gabe and I kind of experienced together over time as we got older, we, you know, I think I don't think it was ever like we didn't understand that the Oscars made a lot of mistakes, but like, at least I guess I should just speak for myself. I definitely slowly became more and more and more and more frustrated as I could acknowledge how problematic the Oscars can be, how yeah. fan servicey they can be, how how the show itself has very little to do in a lot of categories and years about what truly is the best and what is the most mm-hmm. innovative in cinema, but more about uh, public opinion and what they feel is going to make people happy at the end of the night. Um, so that's been kind of, I think, a thing that me and Gabe have been like, consistently frustrated by for a very long time now yeah i mean i the same way i used to watch it a lot i mean it was just always like a big thing that my mom and i would do you know i'd have the like taped recording or i'd watch it like in real time and i mean certainly over the years i've had moments where i was just like so nervous about what they were going to decide for best picture like there are there were times where i legitimately was like so angry what they were about to pick. And I remember even the Moonlight and La La Land year where I like loved La La Land, but I was like, are we serious? Like, are we really going to give it to La La Land? It's not even a question. (laughs) And then it, the way it happened, I was like, oh man, of course, of course they do that. But I luckily kept it on because I was just going to fucking turn it off and rage quit. And then I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever witnessed. It's the, it's the most ridiculous. But I think, not only is it that, like, <laughs> as, yeah, as not only is it that we, like, I became more aware of what was happening socially and culturally with the Oscars and all the problems it had, but I think over time, like, for one thing, you and I have been able, like, uh, all of us, we've been able to watch a lot more movies than we did when we were younger. Yeah. Um, so true. And we had so much more care for them. And then for me, like, I went through so many of the old Oscar winners and, like, nominees and stuff. And I developed a taste that was probably, like, snobby to a certain degree. But it was like, this is what an Oscar movie is. This is what Best Picture is. And so over time, I became more obsessed with that and my opinions became way stronger so like the oscars not only like did i notice the cultural problems that like pissed all of us off as a society but like i also was just like always gearing up to be so mad when i went into like any of these shows so (laughs) going into this one where i ended up getting i only missed three and two of them were ones that I just was like, I didn't want to do the cynical take thinking that Coda was actually going to win adapted screenplay and best picture, but it ended up happening. And then I just got animated short wrong. And I'm pretty sure everyone did because no one had that movie over Robin Robin. Um, but like, so I'm going into this. This is like 
a ch- we know that this is probably chalk. Like, there's a couple categories that are up for grabs, but like for the most part, people have known what it was going to be for a few months until Coda like kind of changed it a little bit on the top top categories. So there was no part of me going into the show assuming anything that crazy was going to happen except for that a bunch of really big fi- film fans were going to be really pissed off at some of the stupid like stuff that they were pandering to and, and how they cut things, which we'll get to in a second. But let's just talk about the moment that everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Chris Rock, unscripted, apparently because uh, he had been rehearsing some of it in the green room beforehand, unscripted, does what any presenter does, which is make fun of some people in the audience. He made a joke. G.I. <laughs> Jane joke. He made a G.I. Jane joke, which is so random. Now that I, like, I think about it, it's, it's just incredibly a, random. The best part is that it's a bad joke. It's, such a, it's not a good joke. It's, it's a, so it's random. It's joke. It's like a dated 90s reference. About Jada Pinkett Smith... Uh, Will Smith's wife, who he has an open relationship with. I do want to mention that because there's a lot of commentary about that, too. We're going to touch all of these. <laughs> um, and initially, Will Smith laughs at it. And then when it's kind of clear that it was too... Maybe he just was laughing just to like fit in because he knows this is like his big night. Well, people are um, saying he was laughing and then he glanced over at his wife, who was very visibly to the whole... To everyone watching very pissed off by the comment and that's when he was triggered to react that's my assumption too i do think there's a side of it where he was just laughing to to like he realized that chris rock had had his wife's name in his fucking mouth yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so will smith initially laughs looks at his wife she is not happy will smith gets out of his seat and a lot of people couldn't the way that they edited what was happening live (laughs) Confused a lot of people as well. But Will Smith gets out of his seat, starts walking up. Chris Rock and the entire audience at home or in the theater assumes that it's a fucking joke and he's going to do something that's like kind of staged a reaction. Will Smith smacks him in the face, walks back to his seat in like the funniest strut. Like the way he's like, like holding like his fixes his belt. Yeah. He certainly feels proud of himself for what he did. Absolutely. Proud, but also just like he needed to do it. And there's a whole aspect of this, by the way. Like, well, I don't even I, know if I we mean, should talk. His, he is a protector. So yeah. Yeah. And God, God called on him. God called on him to protect. He goes to his yeah. seat. A defender of his family. Chris Richard Rock. Williams was a defender of his family. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and he played Richard <laughs> Williams and that was a tribute. All of that was, he goes to his seat. Chris Rock is in shock. We still don't know if it's real. And then everyone realizes it's real when Will Smith at the top of it, it first says, Keeps my, keep my, my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And then Chris Rock says, it was a G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> and then he very, very loudly oh, says, man. keep my wife's name out of your fucking, at the top of his lungs, mouth. And... We just moved on, but I don't think anyone in the audience or otherwise was ever able to move on from that moment. <laughs> Layla, you and I have spent all of our day not doing the things we're supposed to be doing, like work and school, just going through Twitter, reading articles, watching TikToks, watching interviews, listening to podcasts. Tell me, 
tell me what your what your initial reaction is and tell me like how you're thinking about it now based on all the yeah all the sides yeah um yeah so i wa- i i was watching this completely live um and when you watched it live everything got silenced when it first happened um so it was even more confusing when you were first watching it like it it was <laughs> this slap happened but then Chris was was immediately silenced. There was a second of audio, but then it was silenced. And then uh, it panned to Will and you saw him saying things. You didn't know what he was saying, but it was completely silent. And then it came back to Chris being like, wow, and then moving on. So most of us didn't really know until the, I think it was like the Australian version came out on Twitter with the the audio and then the Japanese version. Um, So I, I was just in like shock. Like I truly, I feel like I just sat there for like half an hour, not fully understanding what was going on and processing it. But um, yeah, so I spent the better part of today deep diving into this. Um, And I feel like the consensus that I saw and came to, one of the most interesting things that I read today or that I saw today was the, like it was like comparing the situation to the ink blot test where like mm. a therapist will show you a picture and you're supposed to say what you immediately see from the ink blot. The and yeah. what's interesting about that here is that there are two very different reactions being had by the world right now. Um, oh yeah. There is the reaction that, you know, Chris made an ignorant and unnecessary joke um, at the expense of a black woman who black women in this country have historically been discriminated against for their hair and hair is a very real topic for black women. I think he even produced a documentary about that. Yeah. So it's called good hair. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it was a choice on his part. (laughs) It was certainly a choice to make that joke. Um, I personally think it was a, a, just a, not even it was just an un. It was a bad, as said before, it was a bad <laughs> joke. joke. It's an incredibly unnecessary joke. Um, but that's been like a swing and a miss type. That's joke, but not a swing and a hit. <laughs> Which so is that's... how he plays it. It's how he plays it at first. Yeah. He's like, oh come on, that was that was an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I'm mostly aside from our own takes. That's kind. Of, I want to take that out of yeah. it for a second. Sure. I'm mostly just acknowledging that for some people they feel like, you know, this was a, an attack on. Um, a woman's, you know, health and her and her body and how she chooses to present. And this was a husband defending his wife. And then obviously we all know, I think we've all seen at this point, a very visceral reaction that many people had in saying that (laughs) violence is just truly never an okay and condoned reaction. And that, as I'm sure we will kind of discuss Will in his speech later on, you know, basically states that this came out of pure love and defense of his family and, you know, connotating violence with family and relationships is a very dangerous road to take. And saying that God essentially sanctions that kind of Mm -hmm. behavior. Yeah. It was, it was a very, to me, now that I'm kind of going into my own analysis of this very dangerous take, (laughs) Um, we should never be talking about violence within relationships. Like it's a romanticized thing. Like it is a healthy thing or it is the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, this man assaulted another man on an internationally broadcasted program, (laughs) um, and then proceeded to give a speech where he hypocritically stated that he would like to lead his life with love after assaulting another human being. 
I, it was one of the more deranged, unhinged, and weird speeches where he was kind. It was like clearly some pre-rehearsed stuff mixed in with what was happening. Yeah, and what he mixed in was not even a real apology. And yeah, he didn't even so. think. He didn't even thank his wife. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I didn't think about that. <gasps> But, uh, yeah, no, wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically, you know, I think that's kind of just basically the overall consensus I was consensus I was seeing. And I think I don't want to take credit for this. Jamila Jamil is like one of my favorite activist pop culture actresses out there. And I really loved her take on this. Um, two things can happen at once and two things can exist mm-hmm. at once. It is not okay to a, to comment on women's health, to comment on women's bodies, to make jokes of them, especially when you don't know history background, you don't understand the historical background of alopecia and black women. Just just don't. Like, just don't. That can be a bad thing, and it can also be a bad thing to assault another human being. <laughs> um, yeah, and to just... It was a bit of an overreaction to say the least. And I, I think mean, it's an unhealthy was, reaction. Yeah, <laughs> like if he was shouting was... at the top of his lungs before even hitting him, it would also be a really strange occurrence for everyone for yeah. a show, which for better or worse has been doing, you know, unnecessary jokes for a good amount of time. I think we could do away with those now. I think they will be done away with. Uh, yeah. I, as much as I fucking love Ricky Gervais and when he uh, has hosted, like you, it, it does suck that these people can't defend themselves and they didn't really sign up for a roast. You know, they, mm-hmm. insi- they signed up for something fun. Yeah. Um, and, Absolutely. And, yeah. It was unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. <laughs> like, Chris is a great comedian, and I and I truly believe he could have come up with better content than that. That was a cheap fucking hit. It was unnecessary, <laughs> and it just was Chris unnecessary. Rock. I really hate Chris, Chris Rock. Like, hates um, Chris Rock. <laughs> but I mean, I I more like I actually kind of I think it was unnecessary of him, but I kind of respect Chris Rock more right now oh as an God. actor <laughs> just for being able to move on and keep going. Yeah, because like. There's a scenario where he goes off stage and he's just like, what he, the um, fuck? Yeah, absolutely. He, and yeah. to not does, press charges. He starts to say something. He goes, well, I could... No. And stops himself from yeah. saying anything else. And he, Honestly, he handled he's, it. Shockingly. And then he says... Uh, uh, he looks backstage and then he goes... He says, like, uh, greatest night in the history of television or something. And then he just tries oh, to, I, get, yeah, I noticed tries to get through the rest. But before he does that, he goes, I could... I, uh, I do want to. I want to mention one thing, Layla. I don't know if you read about this, and I don't really want to get deep into it because uh, there are people out there that would be very upset if I did. But there's a there's a side to this too with the reaction that brings up the tone scale of Scientology Mm. um, and how uh, they react to things. Stuff about this. So, you know, the and the way that the slap was used and stuff and it's it's there's a lot of and I think you really summarize a lot of that really well that there are multiple sides to it and you could believe both sides without them needing to be mutually exclusive. Absolutely. But there is a full spectrum. But I mean, I know we're being pretty goofy about it. We're being semi-serious. But I do have to say, this has created maybe my favorite day in Twitter history. And I didn't <laughs> think that would be possible. Because, 
It's just amazing to me because it's Will Smith just like Will did he really curate 30 years of of public life almost perfectly and then in one night was like nah I'm gonna slap Chris Rock in the face on international television I mean and honestly then, and then you, win the award and then everyone will only talk about this for the rest of my career I mean that's they don't even talk about his role and that's Aladdin. kind of the story like it's, it's so unbelievably sad to me like I yeah. when I when yeah. I came out of totally. this like as much as like so much like you know uh, co- like commentaries come out of it and there's been a lot of like jokes and laughs and whatever it is incredibly sad to see what is probably someone going through some level of crises because his reaction yeah, yeah. to a joke right or wrong of that joke was to become violent like i don't think we're having enough to conversation get on a, around on a yeah. world stage to strut yeah. up yeah. the center of the oscar stage and yeah. not actually like back off from it. You know, there was a level where he could have been like getting up out of his chair and going back. So it was clearly He could have just yelled keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth from Oh, there was a lot seat. of other reactions to what happened that would have been he more appropriate. A like boom. a lot. <laughs> and and yeah, I think that you're illuminating, you know, like how the and also there's a there's a side to this that's incredibly sad for how we talk about interracial issues in our country and mm-hmm. absolutely you know like I I don't know if you've seen them like I think Layla's seen it but the movie Waves there's like a really mm-hmm. great scene where Sterling K Brown says like we can't afford to be you know less than like perfect or better than perfect and yeah. you said it you know he cultivated thirty years of this just for one moment to you know, bring him down forever where we know that there is a, there are a lot of people who have done some shitty things in the past that are way worse than this, that ha- that we've all moved on from. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Probably yeah. predominantly. It's not even men. like the, to me, it's not like, like the gravity of the situation. It, it like, it just isn't really there Yeah, F- for me. Like I know that in, in just in terms of like <laughs> everyone in the whole world had the opportunity to see this live. The gravity there is pretty, pretty crazy it's just like you said Layla it's sad like it's, it's just really so sad. sad to me that Will Smith was like whatever he's going through was bad enough that he had to do this and then he won an Oscar finally and and a lot of people like you know I say what you want about the performance I think it was a great and deserving performance but there are a lot of people who have been dying for Will Smith to win an Oscar yeah. it's supposed to be that like Welcome to the Elite Winners Club, you know, and and this was a big moment. This was a very, and, very big moment. Yeah, and I just like I cannot like I know it's a bad joke and like I just made in in probably in I mean he couldn't possibly have made it in bad faith. I the don't know if he possibly did. known that she yeah. had like he wouldn't have made the joke. I also just kind of want to say, like, not no, I don't think from, so. From my but research, from what I saw today, it was pretty clearly stated that he did not know that she had alopecia. Regardless, it should it's just not a joke I, that yeah, should be it's made. It's just but. not a good joke, but, like, like that's the, the lack of gravity that I'm seeing here. It seems very yeah. trivial to me, the situation, and what, it, what it's going to do to Will, what it has already done and will continue to do to Will Smith's public image is not trivial. Yeah, and and for like people that look up to Wilson, it's it's just this like it has ripples that go pretty far. And I will say, regardless of that, like um, you know, sometimes we deal with surreal, insane situations through comedy. So like, I don't think it's like 
totally wrong that there's so much comedy on Twitter uh, about that moment because I just think as a society, we don't know how to react to what we just witnessed. Um, yeah. But there is like a, you know, having an understanding of like, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I think it's, I think people are going to have it regardless. I do think moments like these are really healthy moments for us to maybe question it a little bit, like just to say out loud, like, because I mean, it's interesting and to give some people context, like, so I watched the whole like red carpet, like interview, all that stuff before. um, And I did watch the Will Smith and Jada interview on the red carpet and Will did talk about how he had just finished writing his book and how he how he because of writing this book has had to resurface and reprocess a lot of very heavy shit so it is not out of the realm of possibility that this man is re-triggered and re-traumatized by so many things in his life right now and this was his reaction to that and there is a very not to say that we should ever make a spectacle of someone going through something like this but there's a better conversation to be having here about mental health and about like how we process these things and i'm so afraid that it just is never going to be had (laughs) but you know that's society so so i want to also just like let's get to the rest of the oscars so for (laughs) anybody that was just listening that just wanted to hear what we thought about the slap uh that's fine i you know to transition us, I just want to say it, it wasn't just, you know, it didn't just ruin uh, Will's night. It didn't just have, like, a societal impact. It also really, like, hurt a lot of people who won right afterwards because oh no one God. was going to talk about them, yeah. including that category that Chris Rock was announcing was documentary. And Questlove won for much-beloved a documentary called um, Summer of Soul. And an incredibly um, powerful speech, I'd like to add. Like, yeah, I've, and a really I've, good speech. And I've, I don't think anyone remembers it. Yeah, I do. I have uh, seen yeah. a couple of places, thank goodness, reposting it consistently yeah. to make an acknowledgement of like how powerful his speech truly was. It was so sad to me that this man was on this stage in tears talking about this journey that he went on. And it was completely glossed over. Well, and it and, just was and, like not acknowledged. A journey that he worked super hard on. Like he, yeah. he got so much ar- archive footage that yeah. like people are still impressed by. So yeah, I mean, I recommend you like watch you know the speeches separately. Um, it's really awful. Also for watch them. the and documentary actually, if you hadn't support him. Yeah, and it, yeah, and you know Questlove handled everything really appropriately. He wouldn't totally. even comment on it afterwards, and yeah. and made it about his movie, which was great. Um, and it kind of ruined the energy for the audience, which is just really unfortunate because a lot of those people, like I have a friend who, who went to the Oscars and she had a great night, but like, I feel like there's a lot of people there that finally get a chance to be at this incredible event and it, it tarnished it. Um, let's talk about some of the winners. Um, just because, you know, Layla and I have a lot of opinions on these. I'm sure Nick has, has a few as well. Um, not a ton of surprises based on like going into the night, but like maybe a month ago, I'd be pretty f- fucking surprised by about three or four of these big winners. So um, we don't need to talk about best actor. You know, Will Smith was definitely deserving, not necessarily my favorite of the year. I think I, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty great for me, but like 
we could just move past actor. I don't know if you had like a someone you. <laughs> I really did think it was a, a, a an Oscar worthy performance. Yeah, it's a shame that we that's not the discussion we can have. I agree, and you know, and and best actor is that's like one of my favorite awards each time because a lot of women get snubbed for best actress, and and sure, there's a lot of men who do too, but there's like always like a really intense battle uh, for best actor a lot of years. I mean, even last year, everyone assumed Chadwick Boseman was going to win it before Anthony Hopkins, sorry, deservedly won it. But, I, uh, <laughs> I was going to say that that was the only comment I had to make, that as as much as I do agree that I think it was a great performance on his part, this was not a stacked year for me, and I just didn't really feel like no, there was a no. huge competition. So it didn't. It, it wasn't something exciting for me because I just was like, Will Smith is going to take this, so this, it's done. <laughs> Yeah, I think there were some snubs and stuff that could have really made an interesting conversation, but oh well. But actress, very interesting to me. So, Oh, Jessica. Um, yeah, Layla and I are huge Jessica Chastain fans. I'm sure a lot of people she are. Was she's snubbed. very She's a very lovable woman. Um she's like she's absolutely killed it. Uh um, She's a great actress. I think, she's an incredible. I think actress. she was incre- I think she should have won for Zero Dark 30. She she's should so have won. good in that. Um <laughs> That is her Oscar the for eyes me. Of Tammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's obviously like a makeup Oscar, or it's like a it's her time. And look, I watch Eyes of Tammy Faye. I don't think it's an amazing movie, but I think she gives a very committed performance. I love the way she campaigned yeah. for it. I love how um, how much she supported the makeup and hairstyling people, mm-hmm. and showed up early for the pre recordings and stuff to support them. Yeah, uh, and skip the red carpet. Like I, it, there's is really admirable. It is a if you had asked me like two months ago, I didn't even think Eyes of Tammy Faye would be nominated for anything because <laughs> it came out early this year and just kind of fell out of conversation. Um, I, you know, I, I also don't really care. The, the, you know, for that category, I think there were some really great performances, but there were also some duds. So um, whatever. I don't know if you guys had a strong opinion on that. Not really. I mean, I was here for it. I love Jessica. I'm glad that she took the award. And again, I, 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 I this was a weird year for me. I just I really didn't, speech. I didn't feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, again, yeah, another thing that speech. just got entirely feel, it felt like it was glossed over, even though it was a powerful speech and it was a nice one. Yeah. I, you know, I certainly, I, I recommend people go and see that movie too. Um, I think it's on HBO Max and Hulu. Um, and it, so the, the ones that are a little bit more like, I kind of am irritated by, but I'm starting to just be like, Honestly, we need to move past this Oscars uh, forever. Uh, so writing, there's a lot of people that are not very happy with uh, writing choices. I don't think either of them are atrocious wins, a la the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. editing win um, but uh, for a few years ago. But So Coda won Adapted Screenplay. Um I, I really like Coda. I think Coda is an incredible movie in terms of how it makes you feel. It's it's really well handled. Um, I really encourage everyone to see it. There's a reason why it won things. Um, writing, probably not its strongest part. Uh, it's adapted from a French movie, and it is apparently almost identical scene by scene to the French movie, except for a lot of the directing and, and staffing. Um, there was a lot more care for the deaf community in CODA as opposed to the French ones. So hmm. that was respectable, but 
really it was in like a really strong uh list of candidates with dune the famously unadaptable screenplay or uh, book that uh denis handled very well uh power of the dog which is a very famous book and apparently jane campion you know uh changed a lot from it and and then you get the lost daughter which i i really thought was like a really 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 impressive uh, writing debut for Maggie Gyllenhaal. So that was just like a little bit of a bummer, but it's not like a, an atrocious pick. I don't know what you think. Clara. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to kind of just like skip around a tiny bit here and just address Coda in general, um, as mm-hmm. opposed to like going to like through like each category for Coda. Like I, this is my take on Coda. <laughs> I love Coda. I thought Coda was an incredible film. I really enjoyed watching it. It is not technically a great movie. It just is not, Technic, and I mean that in the literal term, technically. Like, it is not, there are better directed movies out there. There are better, cinematography is better in other movies, editing is better in other movies. This movie, at times, in its supporting casts are better. Sure. Like, I mean, in its, in its filmmaking, in its craft, there were moments where it was lazy. Like, and that's fine. Like, it's a feel good Mm. movie. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I want to be very clear about that. I don't think film lovers are like, you know, we're not trying to be assholes about this movie. It was a good movie. I really fucking enjoyed watching it. Mm. But when you're talking about the Oscars, and this is what we were talking about before with what frustrates me and Gabe about this awards show sometimes is you are looking for innovation within cinema. You're looking for films that do the best in these categories across the board, as well as push cinema's limits. And that's not what this movie does. And of course, at the end of the day, it makes me incredibly happy to see ASL on a platform like this. And it makes yeah. me incredibly happy to see, uh, you know, the disabled community recognized. And, you know, it's it's a hundred. There's no question about that. But if we're looking at this from the lens of filmmaking and from the lens of the best in film throughout this year, there were better movies for me. Belfast was crafted better for me. Power of the Dog was crafted better for me. Like, it's... I, I, drive my car. Drive I mean, my car. You know, you know like drive so many my car. Dude, my god. With, um, there's a whole part. Uh, drive my car. A lot of it is about like translation and stuff because he's a, um, the lead character is an actor slash director who's putting on a um, a play that is in multiple languages. So um, mm-hmm. um, it, it, each of the actors are from different backgrounds, and one of those actors is deaf and speaks Korean sign language. And that there's a big section of that movie about it. So, like, that's another one that really like touched on an important issue, along with other ones. And it was technically a better one. Yeah, but I, I think, and that's that's just yeah. kind of. I, I guess I just want to finish. Like, that's that's just where I'm at with it. And I feel like I I. I feel like it almost feels like a little bit of like a taboo thing to be like, Coda shouldn't have won. <laughs> but that does not mean that I don't support what it was doing and why it was no. important. But it is disingenuous to give a movie that isn't technically the best picture of the year that award for what reason? Because it made people feel good at the end of the day? Like that feels disingenuous to me. Like I get it. As a place in time, like we kind of need a movie <laughs> like that that makes us feel good. Do we need to award that movie with the highest honor? You know, it, for whatever that means. It, it, what we could talk about at the end of this is like, does winning best picture at the Oscars still mean what it meant to yeah, us yeah that's a great question growing up yeah, nick did you sure. i don't know did you watch coda i did not watch coda but yeah, I think I, you really to like your it. point though like 
you know, if you're gonna hand, you you don't need to give that movie best picture in order for it to have its moment. I think that movie. In, uh, I mean, I am entirely there for Troy taking his award. Had, and he, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, like had its moment earlier when Troy took his award, and and gave an, a, you know, an incredible, incredible speech. Incredible speech. <laughs> I yeah, I um. He really, he really did, and it was a very cute moment. You know, uh, the the woman from yeah. Minari <laughs> stole the show again. Uh, she's awesome. She's I, so uh, happy for him. Just quickly, I mean, we, so we don't need to talk about best picture with that. Um, although I, I do really want to mention because I, I want to talk about original, uh, original, originality, original screenplay really quick. But it was very, very nice that the hosts and presenters repeatedly dunked on don't look up as a shit ass movie (laughs) and um very glad that i my fears about it winning because the academy is stupid actually went towards something that i i really enjoyed yeah which is coda and um yeah so i yeah i uh but original screenplay (laughs) went to belfast and I love Belfast. Uh, Layla loves it even more. I think Belfast is one of the best films of the year. I think Kenneth Branagh did an incredible job. I think all the acting is great. I love all the technical aspects. I think the weakest part of the movie was probably the screenplay. I didn't have any issues with it. And I think it's really cool that Kenneth Branagh made it. uh, You know, it's his his thing about his life. Like, this is his the work he really wanted. Uh, but there are a lot of people that are like, how the fuck does this win <laughs> over like licorice pizza or something? And, and that's fine. I, I'm not as angry about it. It is going to look like a pretty lame win, but it is wild that this was a two horse race for all of the year between Power of the Dog and Belfast. Everyone was like, Power of the Dog and Belfast are going to sweep most of the categories. Dune's going to take all the technical stuff. And mm-hmm. then... Belfast and Power of the Dog win two awards together, and they were yeah. each nominated for a lot. So, uh, just a very strange year. Uh, we do uh, one really important category that we have to just talk about: um, the best movie cheer moment uh, of all. T- By the way, the thing that drives me the most insane is it's, it's all, all time. time. It's not even of the year. So the Academy brought in these two stupid things because they thought it was going to create more fan engagement and it, it the whole so theme dumb. was movie lovers unite and they par- I mean, brought they in best trolled. cheer they got trolled by Snyder fans who are half trolls and half just psychotic people <laughs> um, and the flash entering the speed force was the the moment the biggest the moment where everyone cheered the most in the history of mankind. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, uh, so anyways, uh, we encourage you to go watch that scene on repeat. And by the way, it was from Zack Snyder's Justice League, so not the one that was in any theaters or anything. Right, yeah. Um, so not really a movie-going experience. So, but... I literally had that, a visceral point, reaction to that. Yeah, that's true. It could have been. Yeah, everyone in the whole world could have cheered. Yeah, I mean, we could have. It could have solved the. It wasn't in theaters, and it's just you know the pandemic. Yeah, it would have. It would have brought world peace. Um, (laughs) It's really funny because the whole point of the fan vote and that was to like put in like Spider Man No Way Home stuff because people were so in love with it, and then we end up getting. No, the fan vote also goes to Army of the Dead, which is another Zack Snyder movie. I know. Movie. These I people know. are the worst. Um, I want to just quickly run through some 
I was going to spend some more time with this, but we really don't need to. I want to run through some big issues because I, I think like regardless of the slap, uh, a lot of people, including Layla and myself, like people that have watched a lot of the Oscars are very pissed at a lot of things that happen. And there are many a reason why this was one the most flawed and messy Oscars ever. Um, and just so those don't get forgotten, uh, I want to go through this. This is the second year in a row they've done this, but the, they got to stop doing a song and dance number during the in memoriam. <laughs> so like, awkward. Yeah, so awkward. Incredibly awkward. Didn't take it seriously. They Again, forgot people. They, they forgot people. They have so many people on the team working on this. You know that this is a big deal. Just and they totally Google forget it. Bob Saget, who is very, very well loved. And Norm Macdonald, who's very, very well loved. And a lot of people in the comedy space were upset that they would do that. Hugely publicized when they die, too. Like, this isn't... (laughs) Hugely publicized when they die. It's not like there's some, like, you know, some editor, sorry, editors, who who I I saw on screen. There was an editor up there. So, like, and, and the argument that they were mostly TV actors is insane because, for one thing, they're actors that are known by everyone. And they've all been in movies. And guess what? Betty White, who we all love, was also predominantly a TV actress. So uh, yeah. that was dumb. No live orchestra. Not fun. I don't no, they, like that. They had was a it, live orchestra? Was it in? Oh, it's not in the room then. It's underneath. It's underneath oh, the stage. They showed them it, that was live the show. this year. I thought they yeah. were oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought that was. A they like flew under um, the stage and showed them. <laughs> okay, so not an issue. Thank you. I, I love having the orchestra there. Um, Oh, man. This pissed me off before we even got to the Oscars, but the presenters that they decided to bring in... Because Shawn Mendes of, really needed to be there, you know? Shawn Mendes, DJ Khaled. Um, they have a part... <laughs> like, we could get to this in a second, but they had a part where they're introducing Bond as an anniversary. For the second time, by the way, they've already done that uh, in another Oscars. They have Tony Hawk, Shawn White, and Kelly Slater. Listen, I like all of those people a lot. They have no place there. Also, if you wanted it to be like something exciting and explosive with extreme sports, bring the jackass guys up there. They fucking make movies. They just made a big movie that everyone loved in theaters. Like They also just had was, a bad bit. Like their bit was really bad and it was uncomfortable. Bad. You're getting non-actors up there who are terrible at it and and they are it, it was Lawrence like in a movie. They t- yeah, I mean, Sean White's in uh, fucking Friends with Benefits. They're all in movies for moments, but like it was, no, it was, it was tasteless dumb. to the people that care about cinema. Uh, and it was, it's just making the Oscars are starting to feel like the MTV Movie Awards. Hmm. Um, one <laughs> all thing, those anniversary moments were really out of place as well. Like the, oh, they were weird. Like, they, I mean, so they did, yeah. so it's called <laughs> Movies, Movie Lovers Unite was the theme of this hmm. one. Um, as if it's like a prom or something. Um, but they did James Bond, Pulp Fiction, White Men Can't Jump, Juno, and The Godfather. And I got to say, like, I appreciate that, but so unnecessary, especially in at a time when they're trying to cut a lot of time. The Pulp Fiction thing was weird. It's been, it like, it was the 28th in anniversary of Pulp Fiction. Winning. Yeah, not all, not all of the years were like, 
you you probably could have found <laughs> movies that were like on legitimate anniversaries. Like yeah. none of them were on real anniversaries. It's, it felt like really funny. I'm honestly. a huge Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie of all time. I felt it incredibly awkward to watch Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta be there, especially because they were presenting uh, Best Actor, which was its own form of awkwardness. Also, like Juno, like why do we need to like d- like I think Juno slipped from people's minds. Also, Robert De Niro goes up and and introduces The Godfather, the first one. Robert De Niro, ladies and gentlemen, was not in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. He was in The Godfather Part 2. Um, I want to say, like, so a big so thing silly. going into this um, is that they say that the Oscars are too long. They definitely are. So they wanted to cut down a lot of time at the expense of a lot of technical categories for people that have spent their careers including doing what they're doing score like including it was score, just a vital is, category <laughs> s- score is vital I, don't, I think cinematography was uh i yeah too. i don't remember them doing cinematography i mean maybe it, they did I, actually every episode we have i talk about the editing in the movie like that's an incredible like that's a very very important thing these people spend their entire lives on it and they left them out but they also i just got to point out they also pre-recorded them and then would put them in so people watching at with no context so people watching at home had if they didn't know that those had been cut were like maybe there was an announcement at the beginning about it but like during the ceremonies it was really weird it they got had, like spliced in they handled it two ways they had uh announcements of them <clears throat> but they also for half of the smaller categories as you came in from commercial the person would just be coming onto the stage accepting. They wouldn't yeah, they go through the there. nominees and like they would just like be they'd all of a sudden be on stage and you'd be like, what was this? Like what did they win for? <laughs> and all the things that already that won were announced on social media. So you could find all of those awards. So it was it was bizarre. And uh, by the way, uh they didn't keep it down. It ended up being even Ugh, longer than last Ugh. year by like yeah. 30 minutes. Um, and it, it was really dumb. Um, they rudely played people off the stage worse than before, including, uh, Hamaguchi, who is the incredible director of drive my car, who prepared his speech in English, which probably took him a while and they play him off. It is incredibly rude twice. I, it, twice. I don't know what their obsession is. I got to say, like, I don't know what their obsession is with the musical performances. I I like the original song and well, stuff. Well, it's because everyone in the whole world was asking for them to remix We Don't Talk About Bruno by completely changing the song, cutting out most of it, and replacing that with Megan Thee Stallion. By the way... It was really important for the entire... Everyone <laughs> was asking for that, remember? I think it was necessary. By the way, We Don't Talk About Bruno... <laughs> Is a fire banger track, yeah. but not nominated for original song. They chose a different one, and they still played it. The musical performances take up so much of the show, and this is a, a this is about movies. Like play the score. Like don't we don't need the musical performances. This isn't the fucking Grammys. 
I think um, a, I think a big part of why it be it's become such a like moot point as well is that I do feel like they end up like having to fill the category with songs and movies that like no one even cared about or heard about like Reba coming yeah. out and singing about that movie that no one's ever heard of. I mean, I've heard yeah. of it, but it. I mean, like that that was a that was a solid amount of time in the middle of the Oscars. Like it just. Mm-hmm. Cut it all out. It's yeah. not necessary. I'm not here to watch the Grammys or the VMAs. Like, I would rather end at an appropriate time. <laughs> I mean, and that's not even to say that they had a Beyonce had a virtual performance. It was cool because it was on the Compton I mean, it like, was tennis dope courts as fuck. or whatever. I'm sorry, it was, it was so a good cool. performance. It was really good, but it was just like it was just bizarre. There was a lot of like. I mean, if they're all the, like that, I'll take it. <laughs> this is one of the worst like produced. Like, last year was one of the best produced ones until Soderbergh fucked it all up by having Best Actor be the last category. Um, but it was, like, a really well-produced one. This was really poorly produced. And I and I got to say, like, it was at the expense of a lot of creators who feel fucking hurt by this. And a lot of people who are big fans of the Academy Awards and of film are mad they didn't even get to really cherish any moments due to the Will Smith thing and uh, due to the way it was produced. Um, it was, I just, you know, let's end it. Like we don't it, like, you know, finish this <laughs> off with, <laughs> it's going to be like a, what a, way a, to a end negative it. thing. No, no, no I, I mean, I'm curious. What, like, what are the Oscars still, like, do they have, the same effect for you Layla does like this year change anything like how are you feeling about it um yeah I mean I guess if I'm being honest with myself yeah kind of I mean I just feel like a lot of it's become so trivialized like I you know as you said and I know that there are probably people that are listening or other people out there that are just like oh come on it's just movies whatever but like aside from like my and Gabe's opinions like these people have spent their entire lives working for a moment like this. Artistry is not something you get rewarded for every single day. So for people who've worked this hard to get to what is the Nobel prize of film and to have it basically like completely cut out, not acknowledged, et cetera, et cetera. It's sad. And it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like film is the uh, main character of this show anymore. It feels like it's just a pop culture moment and that, takes away from what the original point of the show was, at least for people like us and for the people attending the show themselves. So, yeah, it's trivialized and it's just, it doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah, Nick, does this change your uh, love for the Oscars? Are you yeah, going to watch be, next I'll year? I'll be watching it next year, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, you got a fun one. Um, and you, I mean, I, I know you liked a lot of the movies that came out, too. Um, yeah, I... Uh, there are a couple funny um, nominees that I think yeah, just kind of crack me up. Um, for example, and maybe the best one is Free Guy. Oh, yeah, for visual effects. For visual effects. Mostly, uh, I'm just assuming because of the... I don't know. I don't know why. Have you seen Free Guy? <laughs> I have. I mean, there are a lot of... It's because they do a lot of visual effects. I mean... Never had any chance. Well, there wasn't anything else? You know what's wild? Uh, there wasn't a every, fifth one? Every single year, Marvel has had a movie that's up for that category. It's This lost. year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Loses every time. Because it's not that great. Well, also... Yeah, actually... Or I, they lose every Whenever time. we do Spider-Man No Way Home, there's a lot of visual issues I have with it now, Rewatching it. But... Dune was also fucking. Inc- I really hate that most of Dune's awards were off air or like pre-recorded because, like, yeah, 
people aren't saying enough how f- hugely fucking successful of an adaptation Dune was and how and how good it is. I just rewatched it by the way. It is it's uh, it's arguably the best movie of the year. I mean, it is so incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do want to say out of the biggest snubs, the fact that Denis Villeneuve and uh, um, I, I forget the name of the uh, director of Coda. They were both not nominated for best director, but their movies came away with the most award wins. It's mm-hmm. just like absolutely insane. That's yeah. like, you, especially with Denis Villeneuve, like every single technical category, he doesn't win for those, by the way. He doesn't win. Like, he's happy for the people that won. I'm sure he I doesn't know. give a shit. And, like, like, every single speech, every single speech. And there was a, as as much as it did win and it, some of it wasn't shown, there were a lot of speeches for Dune. Yeah. And they all profusely spent most of their time thanking him. Like, he yeah, was the center the, point. And he is the center point of this movie. It's his brainchild. It's his <laughs> yeah. thing that he's been working on since he was a child. It's his, like... I just don't understand how it wins every single technical category, but not you don't give the award to the guy at the helm of all that. Anyways, what were the other funny? The only other one I was going to highlight is that Cruella won costume design, and yeah. I found that to be fairly. Humorous. I I mean I get it I guess. But... No, it, it has incredible costume design. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's like the whole movie is costume design. Yeah, I, I think well, I think in a movie where like basically. The character the is the costuming. Is, <laughs> like the, that I is the point, point, right? <laughs> is that we now have to say Oscar-winning Cruella? Yeah. Cruella. <laughs> but I by the way, to be hilarious because the re- I mean, Cruella fucking slams, dude. It's not a bad movie. No, no, I sickest agree. soundtrack of it the year awesome. by far. It is kind of awesome. It's sort of awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's punk, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Layla. I think like it's just really out of whack right now and disrespectful. Um, and it's tough for me to be this person who still says like, well, that's an Oscar winning movie. You know, like I just, it's so, it's so silly and I'm not, none of the awards besides Jane Campion's win, like were like the ones that I really wanted. Um, in fact, most of them were not even my, oh, and, and sorry. And like Troy Kotzer, like most of them were not even like my top three in that category. Um, but you know, I, I think I could have walked away with this if these awards were the ones that were given out and all the production issues and the Will Smith thing didn't happen. I think I would walk away being like, yeah, it wasn't my choice, but I'm fine with it. Um, but instead I just have a sour taste in my mouth on everything. And I think that's upsetting. Um, so if anything, I, I really want to recommend I, – I do recommend that people uh, watch all the v- movies that were nominated. Um, the big ones that I would really recommend – I mean, I, I think people should go and see Coda now, and I think more people will. Um, oh, yeah. I think everybody will. But Power of the Dog is a an incredible film. Um, it's not for everyone but it, because it's a slow burn, but it is very worth it, I think, to get through. Uh, I also want to say that – Wanda Sykes made a joke about it being too long that she had to watch it in three watches. Uh, even though seven other movies in the best picture category were longer than power of the dog, just a stupid joke. Do your fucking research. Wanda. Um, also why Wanda Sykes? Anyways. Um, uh, I, I, Dune is 
fucking amazing. I, you know, if it ever makes its way back to theaters, go and see Dune in a theater. Truly, uh, it's truly, so truly. worth your time. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, by the way, we didn't, uh, like, didn't we, even come. Doesn't even come anymore. Doesn't even come. Also, he don't need to. Fir- well, Boy, because they weren't going to gonna do it on at live, and uh, it was his first win in 27 years. So, um, that's cool. He's only ever won for the Lion King. Power and that. of the Dog's only two hours and five minutes. Yeah, Power of the Dog is great. It's really well structured. I really, really, really like Drive My Car. I know it's tough for anyone to watch a three-hour Japanese film, but I'm telling you, it is well worth your time. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Here's the beauty of this. Every movie except for uh, Licorice Pizza that was nominated for the big categories is and uh, Parallel Mothers, I guess, is up for you could watch on a streaming service right now nightmare alley is one of those uh i don't think you can watch belfast on a streaming service oh yeah but sorry belfast and licorice pizza are the two ones that haven't and that i think fucking hurt both of those movies um because streaming is the future i really really recommend like it just the last one the worst person in the world i'm counting it as a 2022 movie because it came out in the u.s and uh generally in 2022 it's the best movie of the year so far. It's fucking amazing. If Drive My Car wasn't in that category, it would have taken it. Um, it should have taken original screenplay, too. Go out and see that if you can. Um, oh, I do want to say, yeah, uh, the Academy, they did, they did increase their viewership from last year. But last year was a COVID year. Um, and so they were at 15.7 million and counting for their ratings. Uh, guess what? When the Titanic won in 1998... Do you know how many people watched? I don't know, Gabe. Tell me. <laughs> 58 million. So, yeah, the Oscars are dying. Uh, everything's <laughs> dead. And that is the summary of this episode. Uh, but Ooh. I'm so glad that you guys were willing to talk about this. As, uh, thank you, Layla, for the idea to do this emergency breakdown pod. I Next mean, it, week, was, it was necessary. Yeah, agreed. Next week, going to be a little more uplifting. We are going to talk about Yeah, we are going to talk about Bruno. No, no, no. We will. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about Bruno when we talk about Encanto versus Coco. So boot up that Disney Plus uh, and watch those two films and join us as our friend Zuhay comes on to break those movies down. Uh, We're really excited for that. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Nick, do you have a (laughs) (laughs) send-off? Take! You're the only yeah, one with a wife. You're the only one with a wife. Here. I know. You haven't said her name yet. Julie. Keep my wife's name out of Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.